Tedesco, thumping long ball. Out the back, Henry, gonna kick another one. No! Run down by Moore, who lets him know about it. That was brilliant. There's your siren. What a way to start 2023. Drawn game. Listeners, we are back yet again. Might have been a late back for um, the MPO Sports Podcast, but we are back after round one of the AFL, and we'll be distributing our opinions around the Geelong Football Club, the Carlton Football Club, and the St Kilda Football Club, and anything else that crops up for the week on the AFL. I'm joined, unfortunately, by Jeremy Wharf. I say that because... (laughs) He can still gloat probably until um, that one day in September uh, this year. How are you, Jeremy? Yeah, no, not much gliding going on this week, I'm afraid. Would have uh, been a I... would have been a very saucy trip on the train down to the yeah, football so and back. As, as <clears> I as I as I attended the match on Friday night with Geelong and Collingwood with my uh, Collingwood supporting wife and mother-in-law, uh, wife and father-in-law, sorry, and uh, brother-in-law, and oh. my turn and my turncoat daughter. Who's decided to side with her mother? Now, can I just point out, all all four of those individuals are dead to you, aren't they? Oh, I would think so, especially after Friday night. I think uh, they're skating on thin ice at the minute. Talking about attending round one games, one A Wood attended the Richmond Carlton or Carlton Richmond. I can't remember whose home game it was off the top of my head, and he was joined by a friend of the podcast, Mister Chris Shields. Um, how was your trip to the football, Aaron? No, it was um, a good night. Caught up with, with Shieldy, obviously, and, and um, Luke McDonald as well. Um, a couple other people were down there with us. Uh, it was a good night, but um, not not a good result in the end. I propose Carlton lost and Richmond got out of jail. Um, that was the feeling that I got from the crowd. Richmond, uh, Richmond fans leave, uh. left a lot happier. Than um than Carlton fans. Um, any so you didn't feel the need to go to any um after events or after parties with uh, Mr Shields, did you? Um, no, 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 no. I um ventured straight back home. Um, oh, I think because I think I, I don't think we I don't think we'd be quite up to his lifestyle. Just quite. Yeah, no, I, I think um, he is the man on town. Leave isn't me he? for dead anyway. He is, he's, a, yeah. he's a man about man about town. Man about town, yeah. yes. He, um, yeah, flew in, flew in for the game, and he had a couple of spare spare hours. So, yeah, who knows what he got up to, really? Well, let's be brutally honest. He's probably a bit of a night at the Roxbury sort of guy, isn't he? <laughs> we can only <laughs> we we can only use our imagination. I, I don't I don't really want to envision him um, ripping off his single top oil all oiled up at a women's only nightclub. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone. Um, just before we go into discussing our own clubs, it's it's on the radar again. Round one, 2023, the bump is back. What are your thoughts on some of the uh, match reviews and reports, guys? Um, before I get your answers, all I can say is more and more I watch Cozzy Pickett's one, he absolutely sniped. Uh, I think he got off very lightly getting two weeks. And as again, we'll harp on this again, Woody, because had 
of, of course, had Bailey Smith um, actually got hurt and had to go into HIA or whatever it was, <clears throat> would, have been, would have been a vastly different suspension. Yeah, but I'm going to ask the question, what's the difference in the action between Bailey Smith getting up or staying down? The None. action is what should be looked at. The result or any injury or non-injury, completely irrelevant. You just look at the act. Was it intentional? Did he have other options? Did he hit him high? Yep. The answer to all three is yes. Um, <clears throat> I think he probably should have got four weeks, to be honest. Yeah, and you know, he actually jumped. He jumped into it. He got airborne. The shoulders hit the head. The shoulders hit the head. It was a little bit late, but Smith had already got rid of the ball. Um, that that just looked like four weeks to me. But and you know what, Woody Smith gets up and they say, "Oh, well, it's not that bad." Then, but the the action is what should be judged, not the outcome. Well, you know what, Woody? Funny you say that. David King, who's always got an opinion on everything. Is pretty much said very similar to you. It should not matter, obviously, about the outcome. It's about the intention, the actual negligence towards the safety of the guy that you um, bump. And once you're airborne, you cannot be responsible for the... You cannot control the result of um, what the collision can do. And that's why you're responsible. Correct. Um, the other one that's just been referred to the tribunal in the last hour or so as well is Shane McAdam. And um, people are trying to compare that to the Cosy Pickett one, but um, McAdam didn't jump into his. It wasn't late and he didn't hit the head from what I saw. So um, we might have suffered some whiplash or whatever, but um, you're allowed to bump. You're just not allowed to hit the head. And, um, the amount of times I've seen it, which is a lot, I'm still yet to see any head-high contact. Well, one of the pundits, his name escapes me, has basically said, oh, I know, I know it was. It was I believe it was Daisy Thomas has said, basically, you've got to wake up players. You can pretty much only tackle now. Well, he did, he did kind of jump into it. Did he hit the head, though? He did not he hit did the head. Co- yeah, he did kind of jump into it, and he was probably going to jump again, but he hit him <clears> before he actually he actually left the ground. I think he was probably going to leave the ground again. Did he hit the head though? No. So there's still room for a bump in the game as long as you don't hit the head, and it's players. Well, and that's the thing. Well, McCann <clears throat> didn't hit the head, so what's the issue? The yeah. issue. The issue is. The issue is the AFL are absolutely shitting themselves about um, potential future lawsuits, and I think any bump, they're going to be very, very edgy. Mm, I, I think I think they are, but that's not a bad thing that they're <laughs> protecting the head, by the way. But, no, but, but it's a good thing they're protecting the head, but in the McAdam instance, there's no head high contact. In the Pickett inc- instance, they haven't worried about the incident so much as the outcome. <clears throat> And then um, you look at just look at the way they instruct players to contest a ground ball is keep your feet and put your head over the ball and lead with the head. So it's just so it's so it's so you're saying the match review match review officer or match review panel have uh, have have skewed opinions on different things. This isn't breaking news. No, I don't think it's past twenty years. In fairness, um, it's not Michael Christian's fault in this. I just think. The AFL need to make a stance one way or another and say, all right, the bump's allowed or the bump's not allowed because um, it leaves it too much to interpretation the way it's laid out at the moment. Yeah. 
If you look, if you look closely, like McAdam takes a little jump and lands on both feet before he launches it. He doesn't. He doesn't hit the head. Yeah. It's that simple. He doesn't make head, head high contact. Yeah, but he chooses. So, to go, but he chooses does, to go to the player. Not hey, the uh, hang on a second. Does does <clears throat> Cosy pick it? Does Cosy Pickett hit the head? Absolutely, he does. You know it, what? Shoulder though, to chin. You know I, what? Too. Yeah, though, I'm just. I'm just asking. Yeah. Cosy Pickett's a bit lucky too. If you watch some of the footage from the remonstration against Cosy Pickett, he was almost he's throw, throwing a punch. He's actually thrown a punch. Correct, and it was at the head. So Cosy no, was on Jackson McRae, I reckon. Yep, and I'm saying um, Cosy's probably a lucky boy that didn't cop at least a week for that. Yeah, so it's copped. It's copped Bailey Smith to the mm. the right of the of his uh, left hand side of his jaw. Left hand yeah, side of his jaw. Yeah. Lucky yeah. was the jaw. If it was any higher, and it's probably a concussion, and it's probably an extra couple of weeks. Yeah. Which is irrelevant. There's still a deliberate action and head eye contact, and that's all that should matter. Oh, 100. percent But under the way they do it, it would would have been an extra couple of weeks. If he gets him yeah, a little yeah, bit higher, it's they, an extra they, couple of weeks. They keep talking about, you know, getting rid of head high contact and reducing concussions and all that sort of stuff, which just makes it even more ridiculous <clears> that they're more focused on the outcome than the action. Well, but, well let, let's be honest. We know why they're focused on the outcome because the outcome at the moment from years gone by is going to start to cost them dollars potentially. Yeah, but that that's another discussion for another oh, day. We can bang on for hours about yeah, that Yeah, certainly is. And we've got a little bit to get on, um, get through, I should say, listeners. Um, we'll start with Woody because he'll be talking everything that's Carlton. Um, Carlton's last three games, interesting. They've had a lead but didn't win. What are your thoughts on that, um, yeah. Aaron? Um, well, that's right. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, nothing's changed from last season to this season. It's only round one, so we won't read too much into it. But the, the signs of the problems that we had last year <coughs> have surfaced in the very first game of the season. Um, yeah, just have a lead late and <coughs> don't have the the skills, the players, the intelligence, whatever you want to call it, the game plan. Um, to ice a game. Um, now, I know a lot of Carlton fans mm. want to blame Lockie O'Brien um, because of that last kick that Harry McKay didn't mark, but he's taken an extra 20 seconds off the clock by delaying the kick, and in between three <coughs> Tigers, he's just pinpointed him. Um, so <coughs> unlucky yeah. that McKay slips, and then we go the other end of the ground and no one manned up, and they get a, a free shot at goal with 17 seconds left. So... Um, blame Lockie O'Brien all you want, but um, yeah, maybe maybe look at the the bigger picture rather than just try and blame one player. And he's a bit of a whipping boy for a lot of Carlton fans, so they like to hate him. But um, what's this game called? Is it football? Yeah, I believe it's called football. And I think Lockie O'Brien has the best foot skills at Carlton, so maybe maybe we need to start him next week rather than bring him on as the sub. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it football. We know what the football is. It's the world game. But that's a separate um, discussion on but, another um, podcast. You, you, want, you want guys with foot skills. You look at, and we'll touch on it a bit yeah. later, but you look at the the way the Geelong and Collingwood game was played, <clears> um, sort of high pace and and foot skills um, probably pretty better than they've been most, most games we've seen in the last few years. And, um, yeah, Carlton lacked well, those you... foot skills and we've got a bloke there with them and we're refusing to... To start him, are you half glass full, glass half full, or glass half empty? <clears throat> uh, I think Richmond got nearly 
20, 25 more inside 50s. But the defence yeah, is... 21 more inside 50s. 21 more inside 50s. But the defence is able to hold up. So are you of the thought that, geez, our defence held up well, or why are we conceding that many inside 50s? All, um, all honesty, all honesty if, Rich, if Richmond had been a bit more clinical, <clears throat> they probably would have won that game pretty comfortably. Um, possibly, but the, the the game was played in in ebbs and flows. Carlton had momentum and didn't score. Richmond had momentum and didn't score. So in that sense, it was probably fairly even. But so, um, so your 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 glass half full on the defence. Um, glass half full on the defence and glass half full on the midfield for allowing so many inside fifty entries. I um, think um, too, Woody. Let's let's just remember too. Um, in, a, in any um, game of AFL, efficiency is always going to, in my opinion, is always going to beat um, quantity. And oh, ma- exactly right. Exactly. And, ma- and maybe Carlton were more efficient, but, um, you know, they did make a couple of mistakes late and Richmond yep. reaped the rewards of it. Yeah, like Harry, right. Harry, Mark probably sh- Harry Mackay probably should have taken a mark in the quarter very late in the... In the, in the uh, Back in the pocket very late in the last quarter. No, oh, look, uh, he, he, he just slipped. He just slipped, that's yeah. all. So you can't blame anyone for that. He couldn't take it. And, also, and uh, Blake, Blake Akers probably should have taken the mark about 55 hours. Uh, and then he just play. needs to hit the scoreboard. Yeah. yeah. Which but, he's got the legs to do that. But the, the other thing is, too, he, um, Harry McKay, 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 whatever you want to call it, it wasn't Robinson Caruso of losing his feet, was he, in that game? I think the ground... Conditions was under scrutiny. Wasn't due to the edge. Yeah, that's right. Concept. And it's not just it's not just from that game. Um, Geelong and Collingwood players have said that the surface was pretty poor as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, Richmond played on the same surface and played up the same end for the same amount of quarters. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so you can't make excuses. As I said before, same old Carlton with not holding a lead. Um, but just touching on the point that Jeremy made before. So I'm half half glad. Empty as far as the midfield, giving up inside 50s, which <clears> let <throat> us down last year. Um, but the way McGovern, Weedering, and especially Lewis Young held up um, <clears throat> on Thursday night was fantastic. I think That's Lewis a- Young was the best player on sometimes, the ground. He was, um, he was sensational. Sometimes it's not just the midfield, though. It's a repeat inside 50. So bombing the ball out of your defensive 50 and have, just having it come straight back in. <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's Richmond do do that. That's that's yeah. their, that's kind of their modus operandi. But um, I did notice Carlton were just dumping a whole lot of kicks out of their fifty without Gentlemen, much method. On the back of that, do you believe the better teams carry the ball out of defence, or do they bomb it out? Oh, they carry it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing I noticed too, because I was at the game, obviously, um, the the movement from the Carlton players when they had a mark or a free kick um, was pretty woeful. There wasn't a lot of movement off the ball. And that's that's the thing that you look at with Geelong and Collingwood. They they move for each other off the ball, but it's pretty stagnant from both teams with Carlton and Richmond. But two completely different game styles, one focusing on defence and the other focusing uh, and ball control, and the other one was just a good old-fashioned shootout, really. And the difference but, um, between the two coaches is one's a good bloke, the other one's a wanker. But anyway, so every I think every week we should have um, every week we should have revolt watch. I think that should be a segment. All right, well let's let's make Jack revolt watch. How let's, close? 
How close? How, how close, close to, should he be to retirement? How close right. should he be to being dropped and being Jeremy, and retired? Jeremy, we've got a big right. list of things to get through. Let's maybe finish off of that one. I think that might be a good finisher each on, episode. Only, only while we're on <laughs> Carlton versus Richmond because it's the relevant topic at this point. But uh, um, but yeah, I think I think Jack. Uh, maybe only round one isn't warming to the task, but just looks the like the signs weren't good. Might have gone a year too long. So we're on. We're on. So I'll end it there. We're just we're on revolt watch. I still think he might kick thirty goals. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Um, the three tools in defence will work well this year, Carlton. Yeah, yeah. We touched on that before. Mm-hmm. McGovern. Mm-hmm. He he made a couple of errors late, um, which were fairly costly. But um, for the most part, um, he was pretty good. Weedering, <coughs> we know what we get with him. He's been one of the top two or three defenders way, in yeah. the league for <coughs> for the last three years, and I don't know how he hasn't been all Australian yet. But um, he's as reliable as they come. And yeah, as Lewis Young, he was fantastic. He was best on ground for me. He had something like twenty touches um, for the game, and fourteen of them were intercepts. So even with the volume of ball coming in, um, those three really stood up. And Mitch awesome. McGovern, Mitch, Mitch McGovern basically just has to come on, get on the park. <clears throat> yeah, if he if he if he, he plays every the week, they're in a good spot. But um, yeah, the signs for those three holding up that back line, I was I was impressed. Okay, and then the last one was Lockie O'Brien has to play, which I think you alluded to as well, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you've if you've got <clears throat> um an, an elite kick in your side, um, there's no point having him in the VFL. So who who who, who do you replace? In the, in the end, Lockie O'Brien. Who, who went off for him? Uh, Lockie Cowan. He, okay, first yeah. game, he come off, he come off injured. Um, and then, yeah, Lockie O'Brien. He was pretty good in the small minutes he played. And as I already alluded to, he, he made that pinpoint pass to Harry McKay, which no one else on the side would have made that kick. Did, so, Did you notice that uh, Carlton's ground defence, like a whole ground team defence, looked a bit better than it previously has been? Uh, yeah, it did. Um, at times, what worried me, um, I said to Chris Shields a couple of times during the game, I don't like the fact that Shea Bolton's all alone on the top of the 50 metre for Richmond, which happened a couple of times. But luckily, he didn't get the opportunity to hurt us. Okay. Let's move on to the one team out of all three of them that we follow that actually got four points. Saints, getting rid of Rats, I think, or believe, was validated. Um, my rationale. Right, ex- uh, ex- explain. My rationale is: I believe under the Brett Ratton, who I believe is a great bloke, and I believe would be a great mentor more so than the head coach. After my experiences now, um, I believe under Rats we would have had an honorary loss because he would have said, "All right, there's no way known we can win this game. Let's just try and not get belted." Where Ross Lyons a different sort of beast, and he sort of said, "We can still win this." And he actually planned to do such a feat. So you're saying Ross Lyon, uh, before in his planning, were like, "We we can win this game if we do if we do A, B, and C." I believe so, and I believe Ross Lyon, unlike Rats, has a plan B and C.
Yeah, and uh, and uh, as we, as we were, we were chatting about off air, um, he Rossline doesn't seem to care about the aesthetics of the game, which no. which does which is not good to the general punter, but in order for him getting results and just justifying his job, yeah, is that's what he's there for, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's sort of what Tim said before. So under Ratten, it might have been a, an honourable loss, which is just a horrible term, but we know what everyone knows what we mean when we say that. Um, and it probably could have been a bit more pleasing to the eye, but um, from a Saints fan, Saints fan perspective, Tim, um, does it really matter what it looks like if you win? I believe you play the game to get four points each week. Obviously, you're not going to get them every week. And it doesn't matter how you get that four points, especially with that injury list. That's like if, you, if you looked at Freo are actually going to be pretty good this year. I think. Um, let's not overreact based on round one, but um, oh, the same style. If if you if you looked at the teams on paper before the game, St Kilda had no right winning that. Mm-mm. I think it, it highlights the highlights of, which is still a weakness for Fremantle. It's just any sense of stability in their forward line. Yeah, because they've just thrown they've just thrown Jackson and Fife down there and said, "Right, off you go to do what you can." Instead yeah. of instead of having instead of having somebody set down there to keep the, two. The problem with the problem with Jackson, and we alluded to this in our in our live for the um, season preview, sort of thing. Um, Luke Jackson, he's yet to establish himself as a forward or a ruckman yet. So while that continues, um, <coughs> I think, yeah, it's, he's probably not the answer they thought he would be. And he certainly was not in his current, um, where he is in his career, worth what he what he cost to get him. Oh, not at all, but... Um, <coughs> Fremantle chased him so and chased him hard, so they they need to deal with that. Uh, Tim, Tim, I'm going to throw a few names at you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Wangani, Malira, Stocker, uh, Kamenidi, uh, who who I predicted would play the other night, <coughs> uh, and uh, Philippu, even Jack Bytel, Um They seem to apply themselves well. For the All four had an impact on the game. I was. In particular, um, impressed by Philippu, um, undersized, you know, as in build-wise, not necessarily height, and he created a contest in a team that would normally have a Max King, a Membry, guys like that up forward that would have um, done that, handled the workload well, had a set shot, drilled it, um, probably could have had two goals, but unfortunately for him, Owen's got it um, on um, the advantage rule, but... Absolute ripping first game for a kid that was thrown at the deep end more than normal because of the guys that were missing. As far as Burns goes, absolute had a crack. That's all we can ask from him. Um, Wanganang Malira, um, Ross is obviously trusting him to do the kick-ins majority, majority elite, of the time. Elite foot skills. <laughs> Hey, look, there was a, he turned it over a couple of times, but everyone's going to turn it over a couple of times no matter who you are. No, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, and he's still only, what's his third year, is it? Or second? Third year, I think. Third year, I um, think, the tribe. Yeah, but, um, geez, he's, he he could be a really good player, couldn't he? He's going to be something special. And i tell you what um, did come out of this game before I move on to my last point about St Kilda is the softness of the um, 
descent towards umpires. Since when is pointing at the scoreboard and pointing out that you screwed up um, actually descent? Like he hasn't abused the umpire or anything. That's that's the instruction from the AFL. So, well, the AFL I need think... to pull their finger out of their ass and actually consider that you know the crowd can see it. So, what are they going to do? Start paying fifty meter penalties against the crowd? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely soft, but it's um, that's the direction from the AFL. So. Rather than um, rather than try and blame umpires, just understand that it's it's the direction from from the AFL. Yeah, but any umpire with a bit of you know, um, we'll say resilience, will just say, "Yep, fair enough," but that's not what I called, and you move on. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they're they're still under instruction from the AFL. They're told that any 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 time a player questions your decision, it's fifty meters. So mm. it's 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 ridiculous <clears throat> that it's come to that, but. They're, they're doing what they're instructed to do. Yeah, to me... Um, I want to touch on one point with St Kilda. Yeah. Um, Mason Wood, what did you make of his game? Well, you I was actually... have been disappointed. He was, he was the next one on my list because I had three points. Uh, Mason Wood kicked two goals, I believe, for the game, and they were two goals deep in the last quarter and when it, when it meant something. And throughout the game, his intensity, his effort was unbelievable. Um, if he's not in the best 22 or 23 or whatever it is these days, I will go he with St Kilda. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. Forget forget <laughs> best 22 or 23. I think by the time this season's finished, he could be in your top two or three. Oh, look, he will never he will never be better than um, Steele or Sinclair, but he is definitely... He'll be knocking on the door. He'll yeah. be knocking on the door of next best. Is he right, right there with Marshall? I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I reckon you're overlooking one other guy, actually. Um, when you name Marshall, I know Marshall has the potential to be the best player in the comp, which I did say on our Facebook one. But um, I believe you blokes are overlooking a bloke up back. To be honest, uh, Cal Wilkie. Wilkie. Bingo. Wilkie. Yep. He he was probably half the reason why we won the game. Up back. I know he made a couple of errors that cost us with penalties or whatever it was, but we are ordinary up back if he's not playing well. What I like most about him is he does nothing flashy. He just does what he has to. He knows he, what his limits he'll are. He put his body on the line. Yep. He that's right. Puts his body on the line, knows what he can and can't do, and he won't try anything he can't do. He just sticks to what he knows and what he does, and he does it as good as anyone. Well, a cricket coach I had always said to me, play within your limits. Don't do anything outside of your limits and you'll always put together a solid game of cricket. Same with football. He plays within his limits, always puts out a solid game for St Kilda. Oh, and the best the <clears> best <throat> example of playing within your limits and not trying to do things you can't do is another St Kilda player from a, from a few years back. Maybe a dual Brownlow medalist too. Just yeah. because he did what he could do and didn't try to do what he can't do. Uh, and he also had one advantage, though. He's probably had the best tank we've ever seen in the AFL. But um, that's Oh, just... that certainly helped. But he knew that <clears> was his strength and he knew what his weaknesses were. So he stuck to his strengths and that's all you've got to do. And was there ever a better 30-metre kick for a pass? Oh, you'd be hard-pressed to find one. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, we do love you, Banger Harvey. Anyway, we'll move on because there was a third team that were pretty ordinary at the MCG in the last quarter, and as we alluded to at the start of the podcast, 
Jeremy had the misfortune of travelling with four family members that are Collingwood supporters. And um, the first thing, we've got the 10-minute warning, so we'll get through this and then it'll be hooroo from us. But, um, Jeremy, you've got injuries listed. Now, no one's got more injuries than St Kilda. What do you got to say about that? No, well, no, no I'm not going to whinge about it. Like, we'll just put out the best side of the park that we can. Uh, we did lose Tom, Tom Stewart early, uh, but mitigated by the fact that uh, Collingwood also lost uh, Jeremy Howe as well. So we're not making excuses down the highway. Um, but that certainly didn't help. We were also missing uh, Jack Henry and Jake Kulajasny from the back line, from the back line as well. So you're asking, which means you're asking uh, Sam DeConing and Asava Radigalia, who's played maybe three or four games in defence, to basically Radigalia was basically, very very good. Yeah, which I'm which I'm about to allude to. Um, and Radigalia held himself up, and I and I I saw Radigalia. Um, when I, when, I, when I was seeing him apply himself in the back line, I wasn't thinking for round one. I was thinking later on in the year because I think he's only going to get better the more games he plays down there. So um, I think I think I think later on when he when he starts to find his feet, really, he could be really damaging. I, uh, I think there's the probably line. similarities in that way between. Um, Mitch McGovern and Ruddy Galea, to be honest. So both yes. started out as meant to be forwards um, because of probably their marking power. But, um, yeah, Mitch, probably for different reasons. I think Ruddy Galea is a good size and a good mark, but I don't know if he really had the um, forward nous, Um whereas when he sits back, he can read the play in um, the air and he can just react. And I think not, sure, not, sure, not sure Red, not sure is a great mark yet. Like he can clunk a, he can clunk a couple, but he does spill a hell of a lot of the uh, we I, I can only hope and I can only hope that sort of that that gap sort of closes. But what he does what he does do is create a contest, so um and stops other people from marking it. But that that being said, Collingwood thoroughly deserved to win. Um I think all throughout the night, not just in the last quarter, they were kind of a bit they're a bit cleaner, a bit sleeker when the getting the ball away from the coalface. So, which, is, which, which you wouldn't normally, which you wouldn't normally say of a Collingwood side sort of last year. So, um, the additions of Mitchell and what certainly helped them. Um, so, they were able to get the ball away from the the stoppage in a far cleaner fashion than Geelong. Geelong were under great duress and pressure trying to get the ball forward when they come out of a stoppage. And, and Geelong, once Collingwood got on that run, so they kicked the last eight goals of the game. Um, that's got to be concerning that you couldn't find a way to stop that or even slow it down. Yeah, I, I, look, I look at that also as just running out of legs. And maybe that... Look, we won the... I'm not saying complacency, but, you know, we had 10 bites of the apple and finally we won the flag last year. So even the most even the most ardent Geelong supporter would would have just taken a big sigh of relief and like right good. Well, um, and, the other thing and if, too, and if, if, if if some if if also some players have done that uh, to begin the season, like I, it wouldn't surprise me. Like mm. as you warm in the season, you kind of forget about it and you keep going. But mm. obviously, you're running out. You're running out in the first game with the back of your mind. Oh, we just won the flag. Yeah, but the other and thing too, Jez, is you're you're probably as much as a month behind the eight ball of a lot of teams in 
preparation yeah. for round one. So you got, I reckon the first month, it's a bit hard for the teams that played in the grand final to just catch up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, look, uh, so the, not subconsciously, maybe they may not have been as urgent as they would have been in the past. Um, and this is just, I'm just t- looking at this as a one game, one game sample size. Oh, it's a thing. It's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm not saying that. Let, I'm not let, saying that this is going to be the case every week. Let, let's that's right. Let, we'll call it as we see it, and you know, give our thoughts on the games, but. Look, if, if we're trying, if if you think that round one is reflective of the way the season's going to play out, you're probably a little bit delusional. Like, let's give it a month before we start making real judgments. And yeah. let's let's yeah. be honest, Essendon aren't going to be on top in after four rounds, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, no chance, zero chance of that. Well, they, well they're going to face much tougher opposition than the opposition they faced on Sunday, let's, which, let's, which, said, I, which I, was I, an under twelve gonna, team. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here, but um, I said let's not make judgments based on just one game. But um, Hawthorne did nothing to sway me from picking them for the wooden spoon preseason. Yeah, I think they're going to get beaten pretty handily most weeks. And to be honest, North Melbourne have definitely improved. Um, I know it's only round one, but you can see the way they played. They've definitely improved somewhat. And... uh, you were talking before about Philippu having a good first up anyway, game. Um, but, um, anyway, to to summarise the Geelong and Collingwood game, then we can maybe spend the last few, last few minutes just talking about random footy. Because um, we literally got four minutes, so yeah, keep yeah. Going. So to, like to summarise, summarise, Collingwood are very good um, at, at moving the ball when they had the ball at the halfback. Though it was very easy for them just to just find targets, short targets down the line, and that kept the ball off Geelong. Uh, it was an obvious tactic there, and they're very good around the ground. And Dagoe and Darcy Moore are all. Uh, Collingwood are going to be there again, I think. I think you, I think you're actually probably jumped the gun a bit there. Let's just um, with Collingwood wait a little bit longer, because let's be honest, as I said, Geelong were probably a month behind in preparation. Uh, is if, it, if is put, it also easy? Put, 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 put Stewart, put Stewart and Duncan and uh, Colin Jasney and Jack Henry in that side. <clears throat> Um, is it easy? We may, we may, team... we, I'm not saying we win. We may not concede 19 goals for a start. Yeah. No, but in, in relation to what Tim's saying about let's hold fire on Collingwood, it's probably easier for the team playing the reigning Premier in round one to get up and try and make a statement than it is for other yeah. teams. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and we, yeah, we beat them in the final last year. Yeah. I don't think. I, I, I don't think. Um, I don't think Geelong were quite as up to getting into Collingwood's face as they oh, were. Look, and the other thing is, Jez, I don't necessarily think that Chris um, Scott went into round one knowing that, you know, being the premiership team, you are a little bit behind the eight ball in preparation. I don't necessarily think he went in um, 100% saying we're going to go out and friggin' win anyway. Uh, I'm not, oh, not I don't that he... think there's... And they made there's no alarm bells they, for they, they, they That's had, right. That's had, my point. They had sixteen. They had sixteen goals. One. They cooked straight. They, they kicked straight. They couldn't have done anything more. There's, really. there's no alarm yeah. bells. Geelong no. are going to be there at the pointy end again, um, which we probably would have expected. But there's nothing to say that you know it's panic stations. And, and Geelong are probably the one team that have probably got the cattle to stop Melbourne from winning. So. Let's just pray I and hope. Touch on one thing. It's a bit bit random. Um, yeah, go. We've got, we got a couple of minutes. Um, 
West Coast and North Melbourne, good on North Melbourne for getting up. Harry Sheasel played a great first game. But what the thing that stood out most for me in that game, there was a passage of play, can't remember exactly when it was, Oscar Allen running into an open goal nine metres out and he tries a freaking dribble kick and it goes through for a point. And you yeah, know, what, dead set you know what was more disappointing about that, Woody? The Chief said nothing on um, the bounce. Oh, I know. Yeah. The first thing, well, he was commentating <laughs> not, not the game enough, as Chief. well. Yeah. He was commentating the game, but Oscar Allen, you're a moron. Yep. Yep. And look, we've got about a minute and a half, so it's probably the wind up time so we don't um, have to come back and, and um, talk anymore. Uh, what are we looking forward to in round two? Anything in particular well, th- standing out? Well, Thursday night, obviously. Thursday Which, night's the game of the round, I think. Which probably is? the most anticipated game, Carlton and John. I think okay. it's probably got the most okay. appeal. Okay. Can I get an unbiased opinion on, because no point asking us about that game. Unbiased opinion, round two, the Bulldogs host the Saints on Saturday night. I'm going to well, go the to Bull- uh, uh, The Bulldogs would want to win. I I won't be putting money on the game. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put money on the Bulldogs. They'd want to win, though. No, that's right. I actually think Fremantle are a better team, so it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Oh, I, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't bet against Ross Lyon, really. If the Bulldogs are going to be anything, I think they win that game. Yeah, all right. Thanks for for um, not believing in, in Ross Lyon. But anyway, we'll, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll move that was on. More of a, that, was, that was more of a dig at the Bulldogs than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I, I understand. All right, so anyway, listeners, um, let us know what you think on Facebook and um, comment. If you get sick of us talking about these three teams, give us some questions about your team. It's the way to go. Yep, 100%. And Josh Watson, guess what, buddy? You're going to have an email in your inbox, and you know what to do with that. 